What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 60 of Super Nerd Pals. We have two hours worth of amazing nerd pal content for you today. We talk about the new Doctor Strange trailer, Dragon Ball Fusions, Kingdom Hearts Unchained X, Magic the Gathering, and a special topic from Stan where we talk about our first comic books that we read and owned. Thanks for listening, pals, and we'll see you next week. What's up, pals? Welcome to episode 60 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm Chris Sampson. You are. <laughs> uh, no, we're not doing the I'm Chris Sampson, I'm Andy, I'm Stan. I'm Stan Gnerski. I'm Andy Karaskolo. <laughs> and welcome to the show. It's episode 60. Um, so yeah, how are you guys doing? I'm doing all right. Just tired. Same. It's the end of the semester crunch that we're in right now for me. So I'm, I've been doing a lot of work and not a lot of play. But I'm almost done with Fire Emblem Conquest, Whew. if you want to know. Whew. I'm at the very Whew. end of the game. So that means I, 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 I fully beat Birthright, almost beat Conquest. As soon as I beat Conquest, going to get Revelation. Knock that one out. Wait, are you going to beat Revelation? Or are you going to put a pin in it and then go back to Hyrule Warrior Legends? Or are you just going to beat Revelations and then... Well, I'm going to take my time with Revelation because it's like Revelation's a mix of Birthright and Conquest. So it's like with Conquest, you have to like, you can't, there's no like side missions that you can like grind your characters out on. So it took me 50 hours to play through Birthright, but it's only taking me like 20 to get through Conquest because there's just no side stuff to do um, in terms of like leveling your characters. There's only main story missions and like my castle stuff. So, once I start Revelation, I want to take my time and, like, get all my characters, like, paired off. Because it's all, it's the cast from Birthright and the cast from Conquest coming together. So, I want to see all the cross-pollination yeah. of the characters. And you don't actually get a lot of time with your characters in Conquest because you're only doing the story missions. So, I feel like I haven't gotten to know anyone in my army this time around. So, I, when Revelation comes out, I want to take the time max out all my characters enjoy everything because it's gonna i'm like gonna be in it for the long haul so i'm not gonna strictly focus on it i'll just like bounce back and forth between fire emblem and my other 3ds games like hyrule warriors nice good stuff yeah yeah i'm still working on fire emblem fates um still watching same yeah it's uh it's i'm taking my t- my sweet time with it i don't know um i just get sidetracked with like side quests and trying to level up my characters and um, I'm just having a lot of and, and like customization and all the relationship stuff. Uh, I just get sidetracked and it's it's fun. Um, uh, been watching a lot of anime. I'm really really excited for um, an anime movie that's coming out in theaters. It's all about steampunk zombies, like Frankenstein zombies. Oh my gosh, I can't remember the name right now. Um, I'm feeling so bad about it right now. Hold on. Um, but yeah, it comes out like a uh, it plays in theaters this coming week. Oh yeah, it's so it's called um, the Empire of Corpses, and it's releasing on April nineteenth and twentieth. So that's Tuesday and Wednesday. The trailer looks awesome. It's licensed by Funimation. 
oh my gosh it's just it's just, it's such a crisp movie it's just anime and zombies and uh so good so i'm really i've been really really looking forward to that and yeah i've been playing fire emblem i came back to pokemon blue you also got the um bravely second collector's edition. yeah i got the bravely second collector's what's edition. in that collector's edition it comes with uh a art book the soundtrack and the game but it's not your ordinary art book this art book is fucking huge and it's like 500 concept issues oh like concept pictures pretty crazy yeah it's a really nice book it comes like all wrapped and it's really nice way bigger than i thought you play the first game yeah well like we talked about last week the game the last game is recapped in the prologue so i mean i i still haven't played the first one um I feel really bad about playing the first one, but I mean, there's so many games, but we'll see what happens. I mean, it is, if you try to find the physical copy of the first one, it's like $60. No way, Jose. All right, so have you uh, started playing Bravely Second or you just got it and it's waiting to be opened? Uh, I just got it. I didn't I didn't get a chance to open it and to play it. My day off is tomorrow, so I'll be doing that shit. Sweet. Um, yeah, so uh, I plan to clock in some hours uh, this coming week. So maybe you and I can do a, a double team review on it. It'd be awesome. Or at least first impressions. Oh, yeah. yeah, I'm definitely with that. Oh, yeah, you said you were also playing, or you had an update about the division? Yeah, there was a division update uh, last week or the week before. One of these Did weeks. Did they patch in bodegas? No. Damn. <laughs> Well, how are you supposed to get your bacon, egg, and cheese in the morning? You don't. Damn. And it really is the apocalypse. <laughs> That's how you know. There's no bodegas, <laughs> no Arizona, no bacon, egg, and cheese. God. It's just like... What kind of wasteland is this? It's uh, New York during a blizzard. Where's my egg sandwiches? <laughs> uh, yeah, the new, uh, the new Wait, update. I'm sorry, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to break your but I'm thinking about the end of the Road Warrior, and they're chasing down the truck of gasoline, but they crack it open. And it's like egg sandwiches coming outside. <laughs> All right, keep going. Uh, I don't know if I can with that thought in my head. Oh man! So yeah, the new patch uh, did a lot of shit. It uh, it balanced some stuff. It gave you a gear score. Which is new. It um pretty much all of your gear adds up to like this one gear score. And it's pretty much like your level kind of. Uh what else? They added like new guns, they added new armor sets. There's a new uh a new thing out called incursion, which is pretty much like a raid mode. It's fifteen waves of enemies and you fight a tank. Nice. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm just having so much fun in like the dark zone. The new patch uh, made it so that named enemies always drop yellows, which is like high end items. So I've just been like hunting for high end shit. What's up, pals? This is a red alert from your pal Chris. So we've been having really bad luck with tech issues this past month. I've been cutting and editing the episode yesterday and today, and unfortunately Stan and Andy's audio cuts out at around this point, 
and we lost audio on the original and backup copies. So that 30 to 40 minutes of content is completely gone, and it really sucks because it was a great news flash. Uh, we talked about Doctor Strange, uh, how much we love the trailer. We talked about Dragon Ball Fusions, the trailer, and our dream fusions, and it was really funny. And and um, a good chunk of Andy's topic about Kingdom Hearts Unchained was cut out. So it really blows. I'm really sorry, guys. Um, you know we thought our backups would work but um, even that was corrupted somehow. So in a couple seconds, the audio is gonna kick back in in the tail end of Andy's Kingdom Hearts topic. Uh, then we move forward to Magic the Gathering and the rest of the show. Again, really sorry, pals. We thought everything was gonna be fine this week and you know, shit happens sometimes. But uh, we hope you still enjoy the episode. Thanks. Which is what you need to like do a level. Uh, once my AP reaches zero, uh, I level up. So yeah. then, once you level up, your AP gets fully restored. Is AP like uh, action points or something? Yeah. Like how does it? How is it the game play? Like how is it actually? Uh, it's like a free roam, like well, somewhat free roam. There's right now there's two hundred stages available, and uh, they each take about a minute to a minute and a half to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you like run around the map, uh, and then when you encounter enemies, uh, it goes off kind of like what you said, like a Kingdom Hearts, uh, chain of memory styled where like you free roam until you run into an enemy and then you have like your battle. Yeah. I play a little bit of it. So it's like you're running, you have like this, like, um, this map that you run across and then you gauge an enemy, and then it switches to almost like a turn-based thing. Yeah. And then you tap, and like each attack is supposed to be like um, a metal that you use that's representative of like a different um, character from Kingdom Hearts. And that's a little bit of how sort of um, Chain of Memories worked, where you had a deck of themed cards of like different characters, and that would do like damage or magic or whatever, like based on who the character was. And once you ran out, your turn was over. Yeah. It follows like similar dynamics, except in a uh, chain of memories, you can actually have like a deck of fifty. Yeah, you could, depending I, on how many points you had. Um, <clears throat> but this game, you can only max out at uh, five medals. Five, yeah, five medals. Mm-hmm. So right now I have two Mickey's and a Riku. One of my Mickey's is Kingdom Hearts Two Mickey, and then it's Kingdom Hearts Two. Post Ansem Riku. Mm. So, like, this is after he got, like, the cure to his Ansem problem. And then, uh, Kingdom Hearts 1 Mickey. How, how, do you, is there, like, um, do you know what the other worlds are besides Agrabah? I don't. Okay. But, uh, so far the ones that I've been to, Alice in Wonderland, Agrabah, and, uh, Snow White. Mm. So it's, like, the intro, right? If I remember. Snow White is the intro, yeah. I played it like maybe a couple of. Is there like a paywall? Like, do you, is it like free? It's free to play, right? Yeah, it's free to play. So, like, what you have to buy like action points or something? No, there's microtransactions for medals, but like, you would think, oh, okay, you probably get like one medal a day, but it's not like that at all. They're actually pretty generous. After about doing five or six missions, you get 150 medals, mm. and 
it only takes like 600. I don't know what they're actually called, but they're not metals. They're something else. It's like this currency that would cost like actual money. Mm. But yeah, so like I try to collect 600 medals a day so that I could do the uh, the daily like metal purchase, which is 600. And then uh, it guarantees you, you get three medals and they're guaranteed to be at least like nice. three star and up. I think the first one's guaranteed to be a four and up. Nice. But yeah. So it's, it's you're digging it, right? Yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with it so far. Is um there's story, right? Is it? There is story. Actually, from what I hear, uh, in a future update, they're gonna add more than the 200 levels. Nice. And you, the thing that struck me the most about it when I when I was playing is the music. Yeah. I really love the music. It's very it's very authentic to Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Each world actually has their OG Kingdom Hearts world. Which, like, I'm, I'm surprised how they managed to stuff all that into, like, such a... A mobile game, yeah. yeah. It's, it's it's relatively small download size. It was, like, a gig or, yeah. or something. And it has, like, all this, like... And it looks gorgeous. Like, it's, it's like, hand... It looks, like, hand-drawn. But it looks... Like, it's, it's like a storybook, almost. Yep. You know? And, and it looks it looks really good for what it is. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I can beat the 200 stages too soon and come back with the story more of the story at least, but that's all I got so far. Is it a, is it a prequel, sequel, prologue, epilogue? It's like a prequel. Okay. Aren't like, isn't, aren't they supposed to like take that story and like put it into like a, a movie in 2.8? I have no idea. Cause isn't, isn't 2.8 like have that like she shy, chi chi thing going on? Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know if that's. I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah, I don't on. know what's going on with Kingdom Hearts, man. It's like the most... Just give me three! Yeah, just... God damn please, it. Please give us three. Please, please. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's it for Kingdom Hearts. Unchained X, Unchained Key, whatever the fuck. It's available on iOS, Android. Yeah. I have it on iOS and free to play. Hell yeah. Who knew? Cool. Thanks, Andy. No problem. Awesome. So, uh, let's follow it up with uh, upcoming... Comic book pulls for this week. Uh, comics come out this Wednesday, so that's the twentieth, and um, let's hit it off. So for my picks, I'm interested in uh, Department H number one. It's a new title from Dark Horse. Um, it's a undersea sci-fi mystery noir comic. It grabbed my attention because um, one of the last underwater theme comics I've read was um, Scott Snyder's The Wake which is a really, really good book. Um, I highly recommend it. The, the cover caught my eye, and uh, I just want to check it out. This is number one. I missed issue number two uh, last month, but uh, so I need to pick it up too, but uh, Snowfall number three is coming out Wednesday, and if you, do, you guys don't remember from a couple episodes ago, this is another uh, dystopian post-APOC comic where the country, or the world's weather is really out of whack, and the government's trying to hunt down this so-called terrorist called the White Wizard. So that fall, that, that catches the story. So they're in this issue, they're unveil or unveiling or discovering more conspiracies and secrets. Um, I really like the art. I really like the story. So I'm really excited for that. I'm most excited for this image comic coming out. It's called Demon Chicken Pollo Number One. So for those who don't know. Couple years, no, more than a couple years ago. Actually, it's been around, it's been around for quite a while already. I'm not quite sure when it started, but Chu is an amazing, amazing image title. It's written by John Layman and art by Rob Guillory. 
and the elevator pitch for Chew, um, basically in this world, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration, is the most powerful governmental organization in the world. And what happened, there was an avian bird flu that killed like three quarters of the population. So in this world, all poultry is banned and the FDA has such amazing and overreaching governmental powers. Uh, Tony Chu, he's a special investigator for the FDA and he's a sebopath and sebopaths are special or humans with special abilities related to food. So for him, Whatever he tastes, he know he instantly knows everything about what the food is is about or where it's from. So if he takes a bite of an apple, he knows like what kind of critters were crawling around it. He knows exactly where the farm was or where the apple was farmed, or where it was grown, what pesticides were used on it, like literally everything. So he uses this this power to solve crimes, but because of this power, he, he can never eat food without going crazy and the only food that allows him to get sustenance but not have these flashbacks of information and visions is canned beets for some reason um so anyway so he he solves um food related crimes and it's really wacky absurdist and so awesome uh one of the main characters in this ongoing comic is Poyo, and Poyo is this underground chicken fighter uh, he's literally a rooster that's uh, that's been forced to fight. He was rescued by the FDA and USDA uh, in the past in one-shot issues. Uh, there's been two one-shot issues so far. He's been a secret agent, and he's then he's become like this super crazy cyborg, like half chicken, half cyborg warrior. And it's really over the top. It's a, it's a instant. It's a it's really really popular and. You you just gotta suspend all belief and imagination. Just roll with it. It's it's a lot of fun. So this Wednesday they're coming out with Demon Chicken Poyo number one. So it's like the third, the final, the final episode in the trilogy of the Poyo trilogy. So basically, um, Poyo is dead. He got cooked and eaten by Tony by Tony Chu to obtain his powers so he could fight off some other villain. So basically, they're just going full hand with this and mashing up Poyo with with Constantine or Hellblazer. the The tagline says it reads, "Quote the final episode of the gra- groundbreaking and historic Poyo trilogy, Demon Chicken Poyo. Hell wants him. Heaven won't take him. Earth needs him." That this was also the tagline for the god awful Constantine movie. But Poyo is so badass, he stole it from Keanu Reeves. So they're very tongue in cheek, and I'm very excited for this. For this uh, comic to come out. Uh, so yeah, how about you guys for pulls? Um, <clears throat> this week is actually a big week for Superman. A few good uh, Superman books coming out. Uh, American Alien number six is coming out this week. Um, Superman Lois and Clark number seven is coming out this week. And Action Comics fifty one is also coming out this week. Action Comics fifty one is part of the Super League storyline that they're doing right now. I haven't been able to talk about it too much because I. I kind of just read about it but um super league you find out that new 52 superman is dying and it's because he he essentially the events of justice league where he became like negative superman with the fires of apocalypse and then that that room with the kryptonite in the superman book and him fighting some villain like all combined to make him like essentially have his 
like body start breaking down. So he's 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 starting to die, and so it's it's setting up rebirth and the arrival of pre fifty two Superman. But so essentially, Super League is Superman trying to assemble people who can sort of take up the fight in his absence and like carry on after he's dead. And so it it began in Superman fifty one, I think, and he this where he finds out he's dying. Um, Batman Superman thirty one, I think, is where it continues where he. He finds Batman, he tells Batman he's dying, and so he starts to figure out what to do next. And one of the main things that he's going to do is try to find Supergirl, Kara, because she's missing, and she's been missing for a while. So 51 picks up with them trying to track down uh, where Kara is, Supergirl, because he wants her to carry on the like legacy after he's gone. Um, he doesn't know about pre-52 Superman yet, who's living in the new 52 universe, which is what's been going on in Lois and Clark. You find out that the enti- this entire time... Uh, pre-52 Superman, his wife, Lois Lane, and their son, John, survived Flashpoint, basically, and um, by way of Convergence, which, like, none of us read. But they survived, so they ended up in New 52, but they've been, like, living in secret. They changed their names, so he's, like, Clark White, Lois White, John White. So they're living, like, on a farm, basically reliving Pa and Ma Kent. <laughs> so John is, like, growing up the same way Clark grew up, basically. So that's going on in Lois and Clark. And American Alien is just sort of like an updated origin story for Superman. Written by Max Landis, really good. It's like one of my favorite origin stories for Superman. So that's, all those are coming out. And so Lois and Clark is setting up pre-52 Superman's arrival into the main continuity as a rebirth. And the Superman books are setting up Superman for, new 52 Superman for his eventual death. So pre-52 can take over. And that's what that's what's going on in the Superman books right now. I don't I I never like the fact that the Superman books are always crossing over and you have to buy all the books. That's why I stopped collecting the Superman books way back when. But because this is the last New Fifty Two um, Superman story, I feel like it's warranted because it's it's following a theme that makes a lot of sense. Superman had when it was the Superman book, it was just Superman. He found out what was going on, how he was dying, and then he talked to Lana Lang. He talked to Lois Lane about it. Then you got Batman Superman. He goes to Batman. He tells Batman what's going on. Batman's going to help him find Kara. Action Comics, which is about like Superman and like the larger Superman thing, he's going to find Supergirl. And eventually it's going to be Superman Wonder Woman. He's going to tell Wonder Woman. So it's going to, it's, it's like branching out and they're using the different lines to sort of make the story like wider. To make it known. Yeah, make it wider in scope across. So like we know that Superman's time is up. But this is going to set up basically Superman books for rebirth now. So you're going to get. You're gonna you're gonna find out I think why Lois Lane becomes a Superwoman, um, why Lex Luthor takes up the mantle of Superman, why um, there's that new Superman, the Superman. Yeah. Um, the he was the Chinese. Chinese yeah. The, yeah. What's his name? You remember? Oh, let me. I know we talked about like a couple. Yeah, of it's. Uh... Oh, Kenji Kenji Kong. So yeah, it's setting up old Superman books. It's. I think really interesting to see like this setup going on and Superman books are right now are really interesting overall. And I'm excited to pick up like three Superman comic books this week. And they're not $5 books. That's awesome. They're not $5 books. No, they're $4 <laughs> books. Eventually they will be two ninety nine books. Which Fuck I'll, yeah. Price lower. What about you, Gunnar Pools? Uh, my only pull this week is Spider-Man Deadpool issue four. They, uh, they get into wacky adventures. Oh yeah, Spider-Man, Deadpool, all about those wacky adventures. All about. Have you been keeping up with the uh, with the other issues of that run? 
Well, uh, I had to stop because my issue three got ruined in rain. Uh, yeah, I remember that story. So uh, I have to rebuy issue three. Okay. Thankfully, it's it's like not hard to find. So, okay. And I'm not that far behind. It's one issue, so I'll be fine. Good stuff. All right, so uh, I think that's it for comic book pools. All right, so uh, my topic for this week. Uh, this is a new new topic for Super Nerd Pals. We never discussed it before. It's uh, Magic the Gathering. So, for those who don't know, I've been playing Magic Gathering for a pretty long time. I first started playing in, like, 7th grade, but I've been playing on and off. Right now, I'm really, really into it again. Um, this past, well, actually, like, two weeks ago, April 6th, the brand new expansion came out. And it's called uh, Shadows Over Innistrad. So just for a recap, for people who haven't heard of Magic, um, it's one of the most popular trading card games ever. It's been out since 1993 uh, by Wizard of the Coast and created by Richard Garfield. The basic premise of the game, you assume the role of a wizard or a spellcaster called a planeswalker, and then you summon up energies from the world, utilizing five colors of mana, so like forest, plains, swamps mountains and islands and they correspond to the colors of like uh forest is green plains is white swamp is black mountains is red and islands are blue and each each color corresponds to like a different type of flavor or type of mechanic so like black my favorite color has to has to do a lot with like like death or like summoning or like decay and corruption red is associated a lot with like destruction through fire on and off throughout my life i've been very attached to magic but I kind of dropped off for a long while, uh, end of high school, early college, but I came back in thanks to the amazing expansion called Innistrad. And when I mean my expansion, um, Magic the Gathering, in terms of sets and the worlds they, in- they represent and inhabit, they switch off between different worlds or different planes of existences, so they can allow for like different types of lore and fluff, and they can also play around with the like, mechanics and really dynamic ways. The set that got me back into magic a lot was Innistrad. And Innistrad is really, really amazing. It's a world heavily inspired by gothic art and gothic iconography. So it's full of like these classic monsters, like werewolves, demons, angels, zombies, vampires, spirits, and humans that are caught in the middle. It first came out, there was a lot of cool thematic elements in the game that matched with the story. So there was a lot of car mechanics that focused on your graveyard or tribal. And those two themes or two mechanics of play are very me because uh, I love making tribal decks. What tribal means, I love creating a deck that's entirely about zombies or entirely about vampires. I I just love it. So Innistrad, the first iteration of that came out September 2011 and 2012 and then they moved on to some other blocks but this past April they they came, it come it came back and it's so amazing like the lore and the art it's so good like it's more of that gothic flavor premises Innistrad is under attack by the forces of darkness they have this lead angel named Avicen and she's like the protector of the entire world but then she gets into a fight or one-on-one fight with uh, a demon called Grizzlebrand, and she sealed all the other demons away into this giant obelisk. But in this final battle, she herself gets locked in. So the, for the entirety of the first Innistrad block, it's about like humanity getting fucked up 
because all these demons, all these forces of darkness, like werewolves and demons and devils and vampires, they're running amok. And human, humanity's almost at extinction. But then Avicen returns at the end of that first block and everything's hunky-dory, more or less. Then they moved on to two other expansions that take place in different worlds. But now they're, they're back in Innistrad. And if the first Innistrad was all about, like, death and destruction, um, this one's all about insanity and transformation. Like, so everything in the world uh, is getting corrupted. So the game mechanics reflect that. And there's just it's just more of what I love. Just more graveyard effects and more zombies. Like, I've had a, my zombie deck that I built... Uh, that was first built in like 2002. It stayed with me the all these years, and I just updated it like yesterday. So it's uh, it's full of the brand new zombies. I can generate like more hordes than ever now. So it's really cool, and uh, yeah, I highly recommend it. So it's it's for those who don't know about magic or or really ambivalent. You know, there's a great podcast called Magic the Amateuring, which breaks down the rules the concepts really easily episode by episode and usually most comic book shops or most hobby shops near you host friday night magic so they have beginners come there anytime or a lot of the time so if you're new to it you just go there and people will help you out so this new set it's more gothic horror more zombies more vampires just it's so and the art just i cannot i cannot understate how amazing the art is uh, in general, it's a really, really cool time to come back to Magic or to join, because uh, you have you have a great launch with Shadows Over Innistrad, which is the latest set that came out, and the last plot that came out it's called um, Battle for Zendikar, and that's a really cool set to get into too, because it, it takes place on a world where these creatures are running amok. They're called the Eldrazi, and they're pretty much like Lovecraftian gods like just think cthulhu and the old ones and they're wreaking havoc and the main flavor of that set is like all these races are uniting as allies to fight off the the elder tours so it's really cool so yeah if you like magic just let me know well like how how do you win a game of magic are you, is it like pokemon you just got you nine? have to uh deal 20 damage to the uh to the planeswalker fuck is a planeswalker he explained planeswalkers like your main wizard. Oh, okay. So yeah, all this stuff is new to me because I, I never like played. I actually got into a bit of Magic: The Gathering. I was running a blue deck, and there at the time uh, there was a recommended planeswalker or not planeswalker. Uh maybe it, maybe it was a planeswalker. I think so. There was a recommended one that was like. $200, and the deck required four, and I was like, yeah, I'm done. Yeah, like, the Magic, like, the, the cards, like, there's a huge sum market. Like, the resale market for cards is crazy. One of the most powerful cards ever is called the Black Lotus. Even, like, a used one, a used copy of this card called the Black Lotus can go for, like, $10,000. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. How, wait, so how much does it cost to like get into magic like how much do the decks cost like what, what are you looking at here it's it's pretty reasonable um for newbies you can get like a pre-constructed starter deck there's different styles of how to play there's standard and there's modern and there's like legacy but just for for now standard uh standard is th- the three most current sets and and in play at the moment and there's always new sets and new expansions coming out, so they constantly rotate. But typically, you have a 60 card deck 
And in that deck, you have a mana, and you need mana. Think of mana as like energy from Pokemon to summon your the rest of your kit. So you have uh, you have your mana, and then you have a combination of creatures, spells, which which can be divided into instants and sorceries. Instants are spells that you can cast at any time in the game. So you can cast it on your turn, or you can cast it on your opponent's turn. Sorceries are spells that you can only cast in your turn. And then you have creatures, and you have different types. So you have like elves, werewolves, uh, zombies. Yeah, and then the creatures, uh, the creatures are allowed to attack the turn after they're played. But some creatures have the haste, uh, like haste, haste, which allows them to attack as soon as they're summoned. This game is fucking in depth. I I can see that. There's a lot of rules, but. They break it down really easily. I'm like the the best way to learn how to play is just to you know just to dive right in and to have someone nearby who knows what they're doing or knows what they're talking about just guide you through. Um, and then for for most car for a lot of cards, especially the starter decks, for like basic mechanics or basic abilities of creatures, they have like parentheses and they they list out what exactly it means. So you have abilities like flying or trample or first strike, double strike. But they, they break it down easily enough where you can, you can figure it out. Um, and there's also plenty of online resources to guide you through. Now I'm getting off track. Yeah, I think when I first read like the starter deck rule book, I, I had to read that shit like five times before I fully understood that game. Sounds like uh, FD. So. I don't know. I'll, I'll stick to my Yu-Gi-Oh! And it's a little slow pace. It's slower pace, but it, it, it can also depend on, like, the type of decks you're running. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, late game. Late game gets fucking intense. I've played and seen late game. Whew. Too, too crazy for me. Yeah. Mm. With Magic, there's, like, literally infinite possibilities. You can make decks out of anything. You can... You can make strategies out of it, of anything. Like like the sky's the limit. Like or your imagination's the limit. So you, my friend Jim, he's like I don't know what how he does it, but he creates infinite combos using like three different cards. He can do an infinite combo that kills all your life in like like one turn. And like I don't know how he does it, but uh, there's the game, but then there's the meta game where like. People have just as mu- much fun playing the game as, as like trying to figure out strategies or trying to figure out new ways to play the game or new ways to like create decks. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think a fun way of like playing uh, the meta game and like figuring out new strategies is to go to a draft, a mm. draft league. I think Magic is really cool. Um, my parents got me a, a deck of Magic cards when I was younger, and I tried to learn, but I just right over my head same thing with pokemon cards like i collected pokemon cards well, just because i liked pokemon. that's that's the other thing the people that make magic um pretty sure are the same people that made pokemon yeah it's all it's all wizards of the coast yeah yeah, yeah. So, so i, I like coll- i didn't play pokemon cards i collected them because i wanted all the pokemon as cards i feel like i would do the same thing as an adult with magic it's like oh i just he looks cool i want a binder of, you know like, it was a cards. really cool card game that like died like literally does not come out with cards anymore the naruto card game i didn't even know that existed <laughs> dude that card game was so fun they also had a dragon ball z card game yeah uh i, I believe they still come out with cards too really yeah. i had like a whole bunch of dragon ball z cards no idea how to play that game yeah i, I, just, like, I just like collecting cards naruto was really fun i went though. through a whole phase where I was you have like, like different jutsus and different ninjas it was really fun 
Can you fuse the ninjas? That'd be dope. Uh, well, you can make teams. And uh, you had one lead ninja and then up to three backup ninja. Those backup ninja had, like, support. So, like, your lead ninja had, like, an attack and then it was, like, slash and then a support number. So it'd be, like, the main number plus whatever the addition of all the support is. It was pretty fun. It was a lot of math, but it was fun. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up with Stan. Yeah, so since it's episode 60, a big milestone episode for all of us, um, I want to get to know you guys a little bit more. 60 whole episodes. I, I like want to know about your backgrounds. So this week, my topic is a special topic, and I want to know what's your earliest memory of comic books? Like, what's the first time you've ever encountered an actual comic book? And also, what is the first comic book you've ever owned? So anyone can start. All right, so my earliest memory of a comic was randomly going into a deli and uh they had comic books and the first book i picked up was spawn oh hell yeah Yeah. nice and uh i remember like looking through it i was pretty young so i just kind of like looked through it Mm -hmm. just looked at the pictures and i thought spawn was fucking awesome do you know what do you remember what issue number it was i don't it's like a random yeah i just remember it was a random spawn and then as far as earliest comic own or like what my first comic owned is, it was a cluster of like five, five books. One was an Iron Man book. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Iron Man, X-Men, Spider-Man. The Spider-Man is the only one that I fully remember. It was uh, the first issue of Carnage, mm-hmm. Ghost Rider, and Punisher. All Marvel. Yeah. I bet you still wish you had that Carnage book. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck it's at. Damn. I got a couple books like that where I was like, ah, oh, why didn't I hold on to those? Things, yeah. Man? Like, I wish I took better care of my comics as a kid. What about you, Chris? So, the first memory I've had of, of comics, I was really young. I was on a trip with my family to the Philippines, and we were at one of my cousin's places and he read a lot of comics like he had a if you have met him stan you would have been best best buddies because he had like the biggest superman collection i've ever seen i'm not sure what's the exact issue number but it was part of the death and rebirth of superman arc it was like the first appearance of cyborg superman it was like that chain of issues where like superman uh, after soups died started showing up and the first one i read was with Cyborg Superman, and it just captured my imaginations. Like, when I was younger, I've seen, like, there was, like, a really, really old Superman cartoon. Oh, God, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of the Super- Superman cartoon. Um, oh, it was the... The... the uh, Fleischer? Flasher? Fleischer? God, why I can't... Oh, it's like the the Golden Age Superman yeah. cartoon, right? The, yeah, the one for the 40s. Yeah. Yeah, I remember watching those. I remember, like, my mom renting me taste from the library and just replaying me those Superman cartoons all the time. Those Superman cartoons are really good, actually. Hell you ever, yeah. like, went back and watched them? Like, the, the, the art on those cartoons were, like, something else. They're, like, really well put together cartoons, even though they came from the 40s. Exactly. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Here, excuse me. So, uh, this is the... The Superman cartoon from 1941, directed by Dave Fle- Fleischer. 
So I think I think that was my first ever encounter with Superman, but in terms of comics, it was Cyborg Superman, and I've never seen anything like it. And it was so badass, like he he appears out of nowhere, he breaks into Star Labs or Cadmus, and he like hacks into the facility that's holding Doomsday, and he throws him into space. It's like, what? This is so cool. Um, so I remember, I remember as a kid wanting to take home the comic with me back to the U.S. But of course, my cousin's like, no. I mean, of course, it's. it's I mean, now I understand, but at the time, it's like, uh, he said no. But I remember like just doodling tons of Cyborg Superman things afterwards. In terms of the comics. The first comics I've ever owned, there were, I can't remember sequentially, but there were like a cluster of like Andes. One of them was a mini comic in a McDonald's Happy Meal. When Jim Lee, when Jim Lee's run of X-Men was going on and it was like selling like gangbusters, McDonald's was doing a promotion for the Happy Meal toys. So I remember getting this Wolverine happy meal toy and it was it was like wolverine from the torso up with the classic uh jim lee yellow and blue costume and he was the rest of his body was in the the blackbird and then the two fins on the back if you slide it forward like wolverine claws popped out of the wings and it was such an awesome toy it was so cool and then it came with a mini comic uh, it was tied to his run and if I remember correctly, it was uh, the run of X-Men that had to do with, like, the legacy virus. It was, like, some virus that targeted mutants. Um, I didn't understand what was going on, but it was really cool. And I also got an X-Men number one cover, Pog, which I still have. It's so good. So was, there's that. There's two G.I. Joe comics that I had. One of them, I talked about it before, where it was, um, it was basically, like, a... Uh, a Snake Eyes origin story where Snake Eyes is writing a letter to some kid and he's detailing his experiences during like the Vietnam War uh, and how he became Snake Eyes. The other one was pretty much a ripoff of Terminator, which I've also talked about on the podcast before. It was um, Scarlet and she's f- fleeing away from this bat or well, fleeing away from this Terminator ripoff called the bat. And just like in Terminator... It died. Oh, it, it it gets killed by being crushed in the back of a dumpster truck, like in like t- like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles with Shredder. God, so that that book was like rip galore. Yeah, it was it was <laughs> it was a total total shameless rip off of, of Terminator, um, but I loved it. I didn't know better at the time. And then the last one that I could remember, I think it was like Spider Man number seven hundred. It was like the issue when. Uh, Aunt May died, and there it was during the Clone Saga, basically. Um, so there was a bunch of Canes, and there was a bunch of clones. There's multiple Peters, oh, and man, then don't... and then and then there was like, I know full well. Uh, I don't know, but <laughs> the clones. But saga. there was Scarlet Spider, and Scarlet Spider was awesome. But I don't have any of those comics anymore, and you know, like Stan, I wish I. And took... I don't think either of us, uh, any of us do. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh God. Well, welly well. Um, How about you, Stan? So my first memory of encountering comic books, I was really young. And my uncle was like babysitting me that day. 
and my uncle my uncle was really young at the time i think he was like early 20s and so he's like he's like the youngest of like my aunts and uncles so i was like at his house and he's like he was the cool one you know he was like into like the hip-hops and the fresh princes and whatnot <laughs> right so so his house and like i was just hanging out and he's like hey you want to check out my comics and i'm like yeah sure because I've, I've seen like the cart like cartoons of like superheroes and stuff, but i never like actually seen any books so he had like a um a short box like a white short box of comics in the in the plastics and he let me let me look through them and um i on i don't remember like most of what i saw but i remember seeing some thor um the one that struck me the most that i still remember but i don't know any specifics about the issue because i was so young but it was like an issue of the hulk but it was like gray hulk and i was like what he's gray (laughs) Like that, it like blew my mind that there was a version of the Hulk that was not green, and it was like, and my uncle was like starting to explain to me about the Gray Hulk, and it it just like opened my my mind up so wide. I was like, different versions of these heroes. What he turns gray? He wears a suit. It was crazy. It was like the wildest thing I ever heard, and I think that's what initially sparked my like love of comic books and just like how how like like diverse comic books are from like continuity standpoint where you have like different versions of characters and like you have a gray Hulk and he's like completely different. And it just like really made me curious to, to know more about comic books and stuff. Um, that's all I remember from my first encounter with them. Um, the first comic books that I ever owned was um, three of them, specifically three that I, re- that I definitely remember spawn. Number one, the very first issue spawn my, my uncle, a different uncle. Um, I remember him him telling me like he he asked me if I like comic books. So I'm like, yeah, I like comic books, but I never like owned any. And he's like, well, I want want to see if you want if you want a comic book. And I was like, sure. So he took me out to his car and he opened the trunk and he's like, hey, shitload of issues of Spawn Number One. <laughs> I remember he had like 20 issues of Spawn Number One. He's like, this is gonna be the big thing, and I want you to have one. And he was like, just keep it safe because comic books you're supposed to keep protected. And you're not for special issues like this. You need to take care of them. So he gave it to me, small number one in the plastic and everything. And I was like, whoa! And I, of course, like even though it was number one, I still like had to flip through it. Right? But like I kept it in the plastic, and I still have it to this day. Small number one. Wow. Yeah. So I have it. I'm probably gonna get it graded at some point, but I still have the issue. It's it's in good condition. It's I've kept it in plastic. I've updated the the bag and board over the years to like better quality ones because you know they, they got they got better as the time going on the other one i got was a random 90s clone saga spider-man issue that it was like all black and it was like the mark of cain and it was like some wild clone saga shit going on and and that was where my where i was introduced to like scarlet spider and cain clone stuff and the other one which i i don't have anymore I, I wish so hard that I have it. It was um, Marvel What If number 105. And this one was special because it was the first appearance of Spider-Girl, Mayday Parker. It was like the first time they ever like revealed her. And because um, at the time, Mary Jane was like pregnant in the Clone Saga of the 90s. And she like miscarried or something. But the What If was like, what if the, the daughter survived or whatever. And it grew to be Spider-Girl. And then it launched the whole... Um, alternate universe where she's spider girl or whatnot i had that issue and like i didn't take good care of it because i was a kid and like i only took good care of the spawn book and 
I remember it, and like I I brought up a picture, but it was like, um, what if one hundred five, what if starring Spider Man with like a question mark, and it was like, who is she? The next generation of Spidey excitement starts here, and it's like forty five exclamation points (laughs) on the cover, and it's just it's just like a white background, and like just like Spider Girl going like this, and like I I remember the issue so vividly of them like calling her like Mayday. Parker and and her playing basketball or whatever, and I, I wish I still had that book because that'd be so cool to have. It, go, it, it goes for like a hundred bucks now, but I'm I'm glad I held on to the. Spawn. I checked on the Spawn issue one. Some places are selling it for like twenty. Other people are selling it for like one twenty. So yeah, like even if it's not like worth a lot of dollar value, it has a lot of sentimental, sentimental value. value. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like the first comic ever owned Spawn number one. It's cool to have something like Spawn is like at what two hundred some odd issues now. Yeah. so it's cool to have it. Um, I'm not planning on selling it, you know, so I'm, I think what I'm going to do is I'm eventually going to get it graded, put it in a nice little should definitely classic. get it graded. Yeah, and then just keep it for like a million years. <laughs> yeah, make it a family heirloom, man. Just pass it down a generation to generation. Spawn, you know. I, I mean, at one point, that shit is going to be worth money and like, oh yeah, who knows, maybe your family will be rich off of that shit. <laughs> you should get it signed by Todd McFarlane if you ever meet him. That'd be cool, dude. The thing is, uh, the graders have to see you get it signed. Because mm. uh, if they don't see you get it signed, they'll give you a lower grade as if it was written on. Huh. I found this out after I got all of my Nightwing issue one signed. Really? Damn. Yeah. What if you? So what many... if you? Someone recorded a video of you getting the comic signed, and you show it to the grader as they're grading it. Is that? I don't know. I don't know. What if you bring a notary public? <laughs> Like get it notarized, <laughs> yeah. And like have him like stand there, like stamp it. Like, what if you hire a a uh, Matt Murdock cosplayer to act as the notary public to like officiate <laughs> documents? Well, sometimes if you get a comic signed at a uh, Midtown Comics, they give you a certificate. So I wonder if that. Oh, that might that might help. Yeah, because like I have um, I have issue one of WWE comic books <laughs> signed by Mick Foley, who who wrote you know Mankind. He wrote the WWE comic books for a while and I got them to sign it. It was, it was cool. And you got a certificate of authenticity. Yeah, a certificate with it. I have it. Had CM Punk on the cover. I remember you telling us about that issue. It wasn't a, it wasn't a great, it's not a great comic. <laughs> I'm not, I just, but like, it is signed by Mick Foley. I did like meeting Mick Foley. That was and really it, cool. uh, and having CM, CM Punk, Punk on the cover. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. The cover was cool too. It was like uh, CM Punk and AJ Lee, but it was like, in the form of um, the thing, like this man, this monster cover, but it was CM Punk. And because, you know, when CM Punk comes out, he goes, it's clobbering time. Like he yells at when he comes out to the ring. So it was cool to see that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Spawn. <laughs> Stan, I have a question for you. Would you, like, do you have like a, a list of Holy Grail comics? And would you ever try to reacquire What If 105? Yeah, like I, I wouldn't like if it, it depends on like where I'd, how much it would cost, but it it would be cool to add it to my collection. I, I would say that I would want it, but I, I don't think it'd be like something that I would like lose my shit over if I if I like saw it because it's like, on the one hand, it's something from my childhood and it was like my first one of my first comics, but at the same time, it's not like, too crazy. It was just like one of those things like I wish I still had to begin with. Not necessarily something that I like want to reclaim necessarily but if if i found one for a reasonable price and like i probably would because because it's something you had when you were younger yeah yeah that feels um 
Andy, same question. Do you have like a Holy Grail comic? Hell yeah, that fucking issue, first appearance of uh, Carnage. Carnage is my favorite uh, Spider-Man villain. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I think my other one would be the first appearance of Nightwing. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. I think mine, of course, Detective Comics 7, first appearance of Batman. Yeah, if you're going to like go like way back, of course, like why wouldn't you want Action Comics uh, 38, first appearance of Superman? You know, like why wouldn't you want that? Is it 38? I think so. No, no, no. What am I saying? Action Comics number one, which came out in 1938. I got, I got the numbers mixed up. But the first appearance of Superman... Like, why wouldn't you want that? Because you know? I'm not a fan of Superman. Whatever, man. You know how much money that thing's worth? That's millions of dollars right there. Okay? Oh, give a fuck. I would like to have um, Journey into Mystery, the first appearance of Thor. That would be something that I would think would be really cool to have. He's like that cover is like spinning the hammer. That's pretty cool. That would yeah. be cool to have. First appearance of Spider-Man. Amazing fantasy. Yeah. Here's one. I want the first printing edition of that volume of Shonen Jump, the first one where Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z issue one or volume one first came out. I want a drop of Akira Toriyama's blood on a slide. What are you, fucking Dexter? <laughs> and pre- preserve it and then you can clone all Akira Toriyama's. All right, so here's our new host, Dexter Morgan. <laughs> so the reason why I asked like all your holy grails is I here's an amazing S&P pitch. So I'm, if I'm correct, Comic Book Men season. Uh, I'm, I'm, I think they're going to be renewing for another season. Uh, they usually film during the summer, so I think once they start doing casting calls for guests or for like to walk-ons, we should try to get on Comic Book Men and try to get or try to acquire some comic on our Holy Grail list. I'm with it. And be on and be on TV and just a like, geek out with Kevin Smith. It have it would have to be like a recent a recent because um, we we won't be able to walk in and be like I want Journey into Mystery with Thor like the first appearance of Thor because it's like thousands of dollars. I would want I would want to remember and figure out what that cover what what that issue of Hulk was that had Gray Hulk on it because my uncle doesn't have his comics anymore and I would that would be like a Holy Grail one. It's probably worth nothing, but if I could find that. It would be like so awesome. It'd be worth it to you. It'd be worth it to me. Definitely. So, so right, so right here, right? S and P packed. We're, we're, we're gonna go on combo with men. We're gonna we're gonna meet. We're gonna meet the secret stash guys and maybe Kevin. Who knows? But I love that show. Well, like Andy's met Kevin Smith before. I I did. Yeah. So it was a random fun encounter. I've met Ming Chen twice. <laughs> you have. Yeah, he's pretty cool. I randomly met him while in my War Boy. Uh, Nux cosplay, and I got a picture with him. It was pretty awesome. Original Marvel Star Wars number one, that's what I was saying. The first volume. The first issue of Star Wars Marvel. That probably goes for a lot of money, too. Yeah, but not like an insane amount, I don't think. Yeah. But, but yeah, that's it. Cool. All right. So, uh, thanks, guys. Thanks, guys, for uh, sharing your memories. You know, going down memory lane for our super anniversary 60th episode. So, that's it, pals. That was... Episode 60 of Super Nerd Pals. Uh, thank you for listening. You can find our podcast on SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iTunes. And you can find us on our website at www.supernerdpals.com. Oh my god, I cannot talk. Supernerdpals.com. You can also find us on Twitter at Supernerdpals. Uh, you can find me at Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. You can find Stan at. 
No, did he die? Did Stan die? Okay, Stan oh. Doom! 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 And you can find Andy at... Sweet Justice 1. Hell yeah. You can also find us on Instagram at SuperNerdPals, Tumblr at tum- uh, SuperNerdPals.tumblr.com. We also have a YouTube channel. We Hopefully we'll get some more videos up, especially with Andy getting his 3DS capture card. What up? Hell yeah. I've been trying to get some Pokemon battles for it. Don't worry, guys. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Facebook slash group slash Super Nerd Pals. Of course, as always. Trying to take my job now? <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, real quick, I want to give a shout out to Tim Beretta who um, gave us our most recent review on iTunes. Gave us five stars. I don't know if you guys know this, but Tim, Tim and I go way back. Good friend of the show. We went to, I think, middle school together? Or elementary school or something like that? Quick story about him. He was the first one to introduce me to Dragon Ball Z. I went to I went over his house one day to hang out. He had Dragon Ball Z on the on the on the TV, and he was like, "This I love this show. This is my favorite show." I'm like, "This show is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this show is trash. What is it? Were they yelling at each other?" And I like I I'm like a little kid just shitting on this kid's <laughs> favorite TV show for like a half while the entire time the episode was on. I didn't get it, but like now it's like one of my favorite anime. So I just want to give him a shout out. Thanks, thanks for giving us a review. I know he listens every week, so he's going to listen to this. I, and um, yeah, just thanks. And if you're listening, please give us a review on iTunes um, or SoundCloud or wherever you can give us reviews. Give us five stars. It helps people find us easier. And yeah, thanks for listening. Thanks, pals. Have a good night. Ah. Do you think they make Arizona in Arizona? Probably not. There's chocolate in the cabinet. Bring it home. Where is this chocolate? What? Where is the secret? Oh my god, there's secret chocolate. (laughs) Where did you get that intel? Secret chocolate.